Darnell Williams at the tailback. They'll hand it off to Williams up the middle. 25. Cuts it inside. 30. 35. 40. There goes Cadillac. To the 50. To the 40. To the 30. To the 20. To the 15. 10. Go crazy, Cadillac. Go crazy. Touchdown. Now they can play a little safer. But they're not going to. Nix is back. Throws it downfield. Caught. Touchdown, Williams. A 20-yard attempt. Josh Harris, the snapper. He'll call to the place. He'll hold it. Byron waits for the snap to the place. There it is. The kick is up. The kick is good. Auburn wins. 22-19. What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Auburn Today podcast. My name is Noble, and this is my co-host, Wheeler. And today we have a fun podcast coming up, breaking down the basketball team right now, coming off of a win against Southeast Louisiana, got a game tonight against Notre Dame. Uh, the Tigers are one and one with a loss to Baylor and obviously a win against Southeast Louisiana on Friday night. That Baylor game was, you know, one that kind of came with a lot of momentum, one of the only opening night, you know, good games. You know, a lot of teams kind of play their their duffer opponent early. So there were a lot of college basketball fans with their eyes on that game. Auburn lost a tough one by six, 88 to 82. Just, you know, really couldn't stop Jacoby Walter for Baylor. Um, you know, a guy that Auburn fans are very familiar with, following him on the recruiting trail. Um, some big time performances from that game. Uh, Aiden Holloway led the team in scoring in his first collegiate game with 19. Janai Broom followed it up with 16. Um, Wheeler, why don't you start us off with your kind of breakdown of this game, uh, starting from the first half, kind of transitioning to the second, how you thought some of the newer guys performed, how some of the older guys have improved. Just give us your your thoughts about how the Tigers looked in this week one game. Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious takeaway from Anybody that was watching the game was the Aiden Holloway uh, is exactly as advertised. Like he's going to be an elite player for Auburn. He's what we've been looking for in terms of having a long range shooter and just having a knockdown three guy that when the other team goes on a run, you have somebody that can go knock down the three. That being said, in the Baylor game, he did struggle when Auburn was on a skid and Baylor started coming back that he wasn't able to score. Um, but it was his first game. You know, I mean, it's a tough situation to be a true freshman and that be the expectation. First game, you're out in South Dakota. He is going to grow into that role. And I think it was very obvious that if you get to tournament time, you get to March, you get to the SEC tournament, we're not going to have that question anymore. And think about how much better you feel even before March. All right, you look forward to even a January game where you go up to Arkansas Think about when Auburn went to Arkansas a couple years ago. Super close game, game on the line, and you have Wendell Green shooting your game-winning shot. Or in all those games with Jabari, where Wendell was your in-the-game shooter, I feel 10 times better having Aiden Holloway be my end-of-game, ride-or-die, get him the ball, whatever he throws up is going to be our best chance. Um so I thought that, that, I mean, that was encouraging to see that you at least have it on the roster. Even if he didn't show it fully in that game, you have it on the roster. Underrated performance, again, from the point guard position. I thought that Trey Donaldson had a really good game. I thought that he actually played pretty solid compared to, you know, I thought he showed continued uh, tenacity on defense and was solid with the basketball. 
I'm trying to think. I don't remember. Had a little too many. much tenacity. Got got called for a couple kind of ticky tack fouls, which the I mean the rest were called. The whole the whole fouls. game was ticky tack fouls, and yeah. so it, that was a tough aspect of the game, especially if you're a defensive guy. So I thought that that was good. I thought Janai Broom played well, especially knowing you know that he's injured right now and him knocking down two out of three threes. If you get that from him every game, you know where he's. And and I don't think that he should be shooting a ton of threes, but if he's shooting three threes a game, I mean, knocking down one or two of them a game, I think that that's a dynamic part of his offense that's going to allow him to kind of spread the floor. And you love to see that out of him. I thought uh, KD, you know, he played okay. He, uh, he, again, I think he got into a little bit of a scuffle with the refs and they were trying to calm all of the tempers. And I, I felt like you did see a little bit of retaliation maybe from the refs after the scuffle with KD, uh, where the team was kind of laughing at whatever KD had said to the refs. And that's when Baylor kind of started to go on their run. So maybe a little bit of a backfire there. Um, overall, though, I just thought that the team, they looked solid. And I know that you want to win the game, especially with when you're up nine at halftime in one of these games, you hope that you can hold on. But if you had said before the game started, you know, if you had said earlier that week, hey, Auburn's going to go on the road and play the number 20 team in the country and lose by six, it's going to be 82 to 88. So you know that they're going to score. You feel pretty good. You feel almost like that UConn game a couple of years ago, the Jabari year, where you lost the game. You you never want to lose a game. There's not moral victories, but you know that you can at least be competitive and you can hang. And that's what they showed. I think that the Southeast Louisiana game was one of those situations of it's hard to get up for one of these bad teams in between a trip out to South Dakota playing a ranked team and then going to New York and getting to play in an NBA arena. And Southeast Louisiana is not a terrible team. Um, and Auburn scored just fine, which I, I think we're going to see kind of the opposite of what we've seen out of Auburn teams the past couple of years with this one. Past couple of years, you've just begged for anything to happen on the offensive side. This year, I'm not going to say you're begging for any kind of defense, but the defense is definitely not as strong. Part of that is calls. Your defense will probably get better in SEC play when you are able to do a little bit more. Um, but I'm excited for this game tonight against Notre Dame. They're not the highest quality opponent. They've lost to teams they shouldn't have lost to, and they barely beat the team that they should have beaten. Auburn should win pretty handily. And it should be a fun game to watch. Yeah, and I think, you know, especially with this Notre Dame game, it's a good – it's a it's a fun one because you're playing in an NBA arena, you're playing where you don't usually play, and you're playing a team that people know that you're better than. You know, like it, it's one thing when you play, you know, uh, I think the spread's at 14 and a half right now. It's one thing if you're playing a team like Southeast Louisiana where people are like, all right, you beat Southeast Louisiana – and even when you beat Notre Dame, even though Notre Dame might not have a great year, it still means a little bit that you're beating teams that people have heard of. You know, th- those are the games, in my opinion, I think the national media pays attention to those games. When you see Auburn versus Notre Dame, it draws your eyes a little bit more than Auburn versus Southeast Louisiana. Whether Southeast Louisiana would beat Notre Dame in a game is irrelevant. It's just the name recognition that you get that draws more eyes. And, you know, it's it's on a night where there aren't that many college basketball games being played. I think it's one of three games tonight. So, Going to be a lot of eyes, a lot of chances for the guys to get more recognition from national media. Uh, another guy that I feel like hasn't been talked about that much is Denver Jones. 
But he's been really good. Put up 13 against uh, against Baylor. Put up eight against Southeast Louisiana. Against Baylor, he shot 40% from the field, 60% from three. And that's a guy that I, I just – I really love watching him play. Has a really smooth shot, and it's so nice to have guys that can shoot the three. It's so nice that Trey and KD – Come onto the fleet. Uh, come onto the feet. Uh, the court. You know, got the got the Whoa. football mentality. I know. Noble doesn't even know the difference in a court and a field. I know, but so you got you got. Uh, I was meaning. I was trying to say floor, but every time I started with the the F, I just went with field. But regardless, no, it's nice. Sports. It's, it's nice that Trey Donaldson and Katie Johnson can come onto the floor and not be just the guys that you have to rely on for three point shots. Because they both can hit threes, but they're not 40, 42% shooters from three. Aiden Holloway and Denver Jones are the kind of guys that if you give them the ball when they shoot a three, if they miss, they're mad. And they're not mad because they missed a shot. They're mad because they missed a shot they should have made, and they know they should have made it. And you saw that especially with Aiden. If Aiden misses a three, I mean, he thinks he should make all of them. I mean, the, the shots that he takes, he takes four out shots. He's very much like Jared in the sense that he'll pull from anywhere. He's a little less – I think he'll be a little less composed. Jared, by his junior year, was very calm, cool, and collected. He had had a lot of games starting under his belt. I think Aiden will be a little bit more sporadic. But I also think Aiden has so much talent that he's just going to have some absurd plays. You know, you saw when he was coming down the floor, just pulled it. You know, those are the shots that you kind of have to live with. You know, with a guy like Aiden who can make those shots, it's going to be electric when it goes in. It's going to be a little tough when it misses when you know that there probably could have been a better shot, something you have to live with. But I, I definitely think Aiden, especially Aiden and Denver, are going to be two of the more important guys that we see. And I'll also see how it, it'll be interesting to see how Bruce handles the, the trade Donaldson, Aiden Holloway situation. Donaldson was in foul trouble in the first game. So that definitely explains the minute disparity. Aiden Holloway led the team in minutes against Baylor with 27. He also put up four more minutes than Trey Donaldson against Southeast Louisiana. Donaldson is in the starting lineup, but I will be interested to see if by conference play, if Aiden slides in there or if Bruce prefers, you know, I think right now he mentioned it in his uh, in his postgame presser against Southeast Louisiana that right now they're just kind of, you know, you throw guys in, you see who plays the best. You want to see what the bench unit looks like. Ideally, you want to see what the starting unit uh, looks like playing together. So I definitely think that that could be an interesting thing. And also, you know, you might have the the, the starter in name only that you really always Zepp for the past couple of years where Zepp would never be the guard that had the most minutes but he was always the guard that started so overall I think that that'll be an interesting uh kind of an interesting dynamic to view throughout the year Janai I think Janai is really doing what everyone thought he would be doing getting more assists I, I think that the assists will be the thing that you'll really start noticing that he has this year that he didn't quite have last season he put up two assists in the, the first two games, had a couple of assists that he could have had where the guy missed a shot. But I think that, you know, I mean, Janai's put up 18 points against Southeast Louisiana, 16 against uh, Baylor. He's shooting 75% from three on the year, had two double-doubles already. I mean, Janai is as advertised. He's playing really well, even without being 100%. So, I mean, overall, it looks like the team is – the team is playing in the first two games how we imagine them to play on paper, you know, and it's it's looking good so far. Might be a little while before we really see what this team can do when they play a, another team of the caliber of Baylor. But overall, I mean, I, I think that you have to be 
at least somewhat encouraged by what we've seen so far from the guys. I think you have to, yeah. The team is looking like they're going to be an NCAA tournament team. And oh, I, think sure. that they, I think that they will develop greater as the year goes on. I think that the chemistry will be higher because right now a lot of the guys that are getting heavy minutes are your returning players. And just watching the way that some of the other guys are playing, it makes me think that some of the transfers, as they become more you know, integrated with the team and they are all learning how to play together, that those guys may get a little bit more minutes than they're getting right now. I think that this might be the worst we're going to play this season. And the fact that we're still competitive with teams is still a really good sign for what this team can do this season. I completely agree. And, you know, kind of going into some of those, some of those, you know, new guys, you saw Chaney Johnson uh, come in and Chaney's a guy, he reminds me a lot of Anthony McLemore, early, early Anthony McLemore, just making really good plays. I think he's honestly a little bit more athletic than Anthony was. And, you know, everyone, I think everyone kind of looks, everyone looks at Anthony as, you, you know, you think of him as who he was on the final four team, who he was on the, the Samir Javon team. Where he was kind of he was he was a stretch big making threes doing that early Anthony, yeah especially but yeah he he bought shots but even then it felt like later he moved into his offense of being a stretch big was what you remembered Anthony for but early on in his career especially the team uh, with with sophomore Jared and junior Bryce the team right before the final four year that won the SEC regular season before Anthony got hurt that team I mean he he made that team. When he went down, it it completely changed kind of that that miracle run feel. And it just kind of felt like you were just holding on. But I mean, Anthony was just a freak athlete. You know, all those videos would come out of him, you know, jumping, hitting the top of the backboard. I mean, the guy was just an athletic freak. And but he was also super smart. And he and he he was, I mean, he was a genius, had he knew basketball, he had really good instincts. And it felt like later in his career he relied on the instincts a lot more because he didn't have as much of a athletic ability after he got hurt. Cheney reminds me of a guy that might not have quite the the shot blocking technique of, of a guy like Anthony or Walker, but his his athleticism is incredible. And you really saw that debut against Southeast Louisiana, especially had a rough night offensively, went two of 11, but had 11 rebounds. And for a guy, you know, for a guy who's only, you know, six, seven, six, eight, that's pretty impressive get, being able to get boards like that. And I think that he's a guy that you could really see when his offensive game starts clicking. He's a really, really solid guy off the bench for us as well. You know, Chad Baker Mazzara has had two pretty solid games, put up 12 and six against Southeast Louisiana on good shooting splits. You know, I think he's a guy that could really, really make a difference and be a really quality bench player to where when you move the starters, there's not really any drop off. And depending on the game, you know, Bruce always rides with the hot hand. You know, if, you know, it's, you know, like against Southeast Louisiana, if Simo's not not really finding a groove, you know, maybe he won't play as many minutes and you'll see Mazzara, you'll see, you'll see Johnson playing a lot more. But overall, it feels like you've got the depth and you've been playing 10 to 11 guys and it really feels like you're going to keep playing 10 to 11 guys uh, as long as no one gets hurt. Yeah, I think as long as nobody gets hurt, but I do think that you're going to start to see the minutes not be so even. I think that you're going to start seeing some guys distinguish themselves. And I think it's going to really come down to if these transfer guys can come in and play some solid defense. Because offensively, they've been much better than what you've were than what you had. 
And I understand why Bruce is bringing in more offensive-minded guys because we've just been a defensive team for several years now. But I do think that there is a level of expectation that Bruce has for the defense. And if they can meet that level of expectation, they will get heavier minutes. But as long as their defense is the way that it is, it's almost going to be spurts of we're playing defense, now we're playing offense. Now we're playing defense, now we're playing offense. And that's what you're seeing right now with the 11-man rotation versus more of a eight-man rotation that you might get down to later in the year. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But before, you know, this is obviously way too early predictions. We're only two games in. You haven't seen enough of anybody to really make this distinction. But just off what your gut tells you right now, if you could pick a quote-unquote starting five for what we'll see in conference play slash March time, what do you think that'll be? And maybe not like the, the guys that are going to be starting in conference play, but the guy that gets the most minutes at point guard, the guy that gets the most minutes at shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Just right now, two games in, way too early prediction. Where do you really see that kind of kind of falling into place by by conference play? I think it's pretty obvious that Aiden will probably be the heavy minute guy at point guard over Trey. You know, I mean, I was giving props to Trey, but if if Aiden and Trey are getting the same number of minutes, either Trey has really elevated his game or Aiden is not performing at the level that we were expecting him to. And that's not a knock on either one of them. It's just one of them is a five-star and one of them is a really solid basketball player, very good athlete, but maybe not the same NBA prospect. So you got Aiden. He's going to play the most, in my opinion, there. Um, going to center, I think it's pretty obvious. Janai will be there. I think at forward, um, for one of them, you're going to have Jay Will. Um, and then I think at guard, that's where it becomes interesting. I think that if Denver continues to shoot the ball super well, um, which, you know, shooting from three in the Baylor game, three of five, like that's really solid. I think he will hold on to that position. If the team really is transitioning into, and I think that this really depends on Denver. I think if Denver is an elite scorer and he's knocking down threes the entire time, Janai is knocking down some threes, and you don't need as much of that stretch, I could see KD Johnson actually rising up and being one of your guards that's playing a lot of minutes just to provide that spark on defense. Um, and then the other forward, um, I don't know. I don't I just don't foresee Chris Moore staying in his current role as playing forward all the time. Um, you know, I think Chad Baker Mazzara could be a guy that could step into that role potentially. He seems like he's been a little bit hot and cold. Um and so I I think that's kind of the area that you don't have a solid guy that you're like, this guy is going to develop into the forward that's going to take over for Chris Moore. I think that that second forward position is going to be mostly your your flip-flop. And I think you honestly could see them playing a lot more small ball and bringing in another guard and just having Jay Will and uh, Janai on the floor and not playing as, with two forwards like they kind of have been. Yeah, and I also think that, you know, ideally it could – you 
could see Chris Moore being that starting lineup guy if everyone else is playing. You know, like with the with the lineup you named, if Aiden's hitting his threes, if Denver's hitting his threes, if Janai's playing, if Jay Will's playing well, like you've got scores. You know, like you're you're fine there. And I think Chris Moore has that just he's got that hustle. You know, he he's just got that mindset of whatever needs to happen, I'm going to be that guy for this team. And if he sees the ball, he's going for the ball. He's going to try and get 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 the hustle rebounds, tough tough defense. He's a guy you love to have on your team, but you don't want to just rely on him for scoring or, or anything. But if he's a guy on your team, he's, he's a glue kind of guy. He makes your team better, even if you can look at the box score and he has two points, two rebounds, one assist, and – two missed shots, you know? So I, I definitely think that Chris Moore will be an interesting guy. And it, it goes into the bench. You need scores on your bench, you know? And I think it's nice to have a guy like KD on that in that bench role where if the offensive guys are – I mean, Denver, Denver's smooth. He plays, he plays a good style of basketball, but he plays a normal style of basketball. Like when you watch an NBA player – it kind of reminds you of the style that Denver plays with. Same with, you know, guys like Jay Will, guys like Aiden, like they're they're playing basketball and if they miss, they run to the other end of the court, they play defense, next trip down the line doesn't really affect them. Yeah, guys like KD, KD comes in and is just I mean, he is he is just going to do whatever. I mean, he's going to be sporadic. He's going to do all this crazy stuff. He giveth and he taketh away. There are going to be some games where he comes in and you're like, oh, my gosh, KD just went on an 11-0 run by himself. He's screaming. The jungle's going crazy. The guy is just crawling on the ground because he's so hyped. But then there are going to be some games where he comes in and you're like, oh, man. He's, he's a liability. He's, he's struggling. Yeah, he's struggling today. And, you know, you it goes back to that, that first-round matchup that you remember in the SEC tournament uh, against A&M where he really struggled. But, I mean, games against, like Southeast Louisiana – Offense is getting into a rut. Bruce throws in KD, and he just completely revitalizes the offense, sparks it up. So KD is a really good, I think, a really good spark to have on the bench. And it's nice to have guys that do both. You know, you can have guys that are the sparks. You have guys that are the hustle players. And that can cause a run, but play such a different style of basketball than your other guys. So you're not putting – like if Denver's struggling on offense, you're not putting in Denver 2.0 and see like, well, maybe this guy can do something. I mean, you're like, if we're putting in these bench guys to ask for a run, they're going to do something and it's either going to work different. or it's not. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I definitely think that KD is a has the potential, KD and Chris Moore, to be very, very influential members of this team, just depending on where that role fits. And does that role include – 10 minutes off the bench where they, you know, do something or does it involve 15 to 20 minutes depending on the game? And I think that that'll be the thing to really watch as these next few games unfold is how do these transfer guys fit in, but also how do the guys that we've been seeing for years, how do they find their role in this new team? Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be interesting to see how it goes. I, I'm interested to see how much tinkering is done in the preseason or not preseason, but pre-conference. Um, because it's been just kind of a it's been a weird basketball season so far. Like you you just think of basketball as having more consistency with games and it's just been weird that it's been one game a week and then you're going to have, you know, two over the next two days and then even looking forward, 
you have one next week and then not another one for eight days after that. Like it's just been a strange start to the basketball season and how they're going to handle how much is it going to be shown during games, the tinkering and how much is going to be done in the scrimmages in between. Because you know when you have eight days in between that the practices are not going to be like a normal in-season practice. It's almost like we're in a preseason area of the schedule right now and seeing how much tinkering happens there. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely. I mean, there are some games that are more preseason than others. But when you get to that Christmas break area, you know, you play UNC Asheville, you play USC, you play Alabama State, and you play Chattanooga. One of those games against USC, that's a real game. Like, that's going to be a, a, a big game where you're trying to do stuff. Those other three games, you can experiment a lot. You're winning those games. Whether you play well or not, you're winning those games. So that is definitely, you know, one of the games where you can tinker a little bit more and see what you have. But before we before we move on, just talking about Notre Dame a little bit. Notre Dame in their first game beat Niagara by seven. Uh, and then they're coming off of a loss at home to Western Carolina by 10. That was, you know, that was a tough game. Notre Dame really struggled. But they're coming in uh, one and one, just like Auburn. Uh, I think Auburn is definitely feeling a lot better about this game, you know, judging by how how they've played and how Notre Dame has played. Auburn's a 14-and-a-half-point favorite. But, Wheeler, just kind of give us your thoughts on on Notre Dame. You know, they they really don't play as many guys. They 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 only played seven real guys against, against Western uh western carolina with a lot of guys getting a lot of minutes they had the the eighth player only had eight but i mean you have guys playing big minutes i mean just what do you what do you see from kind of looking at this this notre dame team's history and how they might kind of stack up against uh against auburn i think that in name it's a big game and i think it's a big game in terms of playing up or playing down because so Mm -hmm. far in the two games you saw one team where we were playing a team that was up compared to us, and we played one that was down compared to us, and we played at that level both times. Is that going to continue, or do you think that the name Notre Dame gets them to play up a little bit? I think that regardless of if we're playing up or down, the second half is going to be where we make our money here. You know, if you're playing 11, 12 guys, you should be beating a team towards the end of the second half that's playing seven guys consistently. And if that's what they're playing against teams like Western Carolina, then you know that they don't have 10, that they can roll up there. So this is this is a game that you can kind of start the the train going of like, okay, we're up and going a little bit. Like we got our feet wet, playing a good team, lost that game, got in the winning column but didn't play especially well. I think now you start to look for some performances to get strung together of, starting to pick it up just a little bit and – I'm not saying get into midseason form, but you start to get into a little bit more of a rhythm. And so I would look for this game tonight and whoever we play tomorrow to be kind of those rhythm games where you start to see more threes go down, the rotation's a little bit smoother and all, just getting into things. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I think this game will be interesting <laughs> to see how Auburn performs if they can cover the spread. And you know how they how they look this whole weekend before you move into the the little bit more of the lower end of the the competition. But overall, excited to see how Auburn looks. Um, we'll be back next week. Being uh, you know, we'll be talking about football, talking about basketball, all that good stuff. Uh, if you look, we have released two podcasts today. This one obviously was basketball focused. We just filmed one 
about football. So if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back, listen to that before the game on Saturday. Uh, as always, thank you guys for listening and War Eagle. War Eagle.